Religiosity episode 76 back with Pastor Andrew. And it took us some time to, yeah. to get actually together because we were uh, in under that wave of uh, yeah. Omicron uh, COVID pandemic right. and uh, uh, it was all over the city. Yes, we're finally getting out of it now. Yes, and we did not feel comfortable, or I would feel comfortable sitting with you face to face, yeah. but we would not be giving a good example to people right. around us. And uh, we did not want to be like a prime minister of Great Britain who has some <laughs> rules for subjects and some rules for himself. Right. So uh, in, in our church, we, we keep that uh, coherent. Yes, yes. Uh, there are same rules for everyone. So Yes. Uh, yeah, but uh, this time I wanted to uh, return back to our original roots uh, of this religious sanity uh, series, and that is going back to uh, Ugaritic literature. Yes, uh, I've been wanting to go back for and, a while. And those, here. Those, those are our most popular. Some of those uh, episodes are the most uh, popular uh, yes. among our uh, among our. Listeners. Talks, yeah. you know, among our listeners. Yeah. Uh, this time uh, we can go through that literature, and this time I I, I wanted to uh, talk about uh, one of the eposes uh, which survived there on clay tablets written in cuneiform text, the uh, cuneiform script, and that would be an. Uh, epos of Akkad. It survives on three tablets, but clearly it is not complete. Uh, there are theories of how many tablets uh, we are missing. Mm. Um, it might be one, it might be more. Uh, and uh, their positions. Uh, should we look in before the first one actually, or somewhere in between, or at the end? Definitely the epos does not finish. Mm -hmm. So there is uh, something missing at the end. Mm -hmm. uh, or it might be very modern approach of keeping it open-ended. That, mm. that might be the other. Uh, you, you might be surprised that Gospels are written like that. The Gospel yeah. of Mark is written like that. So, uh, But this epos is uh, like uh, more than 3,000 years old. Wow. Uh, and is entirely written in uh, in poetry uh, and just that uh, structure tells us that it is uh, it belongs to this age mm -hmm. the end of bronze age it is really the proper uh, mythical poetry that is different say from most of the Old Testament stories or Hebrew Bible stories which are written in prose and that simply indicates that they are much younger they go to late Persian and uh, Hellenistic times uh, ancient people would never think of writing anything of substance in prose they were writing it in poetry. Mm. And so mm. here we have a uh, long uh, epic poem uh, from the realm of chieftain, maybe, or 
King Daniel or Daniel. He is never named king, but clearly assumes some of the roles which would belong to a king in ancient society because he is uh, judging the cause of widows and taking the sides of orphans mm. and that for you is an indication that he is Daniel the ruler of Rafa at once the hero the devotee or Haranam rose and sat at the entrance of the gate beneath the trees which were at the threshing floor he tried the case of a widow he judged the case of the orphan mm -hmm. and that tells you that he is uh, some kind of an judge or ruler in in a similar sense like we have the book of judges mm -hmm. and there are rulers so and Daniel has it in the name it is the God is judge or judgment of El is Daniel that mm -hmm. that is is his name so uh, and so this is uh, this is the the main character sort of uh, in uh, or like the protagonist like, like the main uh, main actor yeah uh, main main character uh, yeah. But the entire uh, epos is called after his son, Akkad. And we know that because uh, the title of the tablets survived. Hmm. And it is inscribed about Akkad. Hmm. So, but we start with this uh, uh, father, uh, judge, mm -hmm. in the sense like Book of Judges. Uh, or chief Daniel or Daniel would be the more biblical na uh, version of that same name uh, and uh, he is childless and he desires of having an heir and he has a very good reason for it because having an heir it will give him a certain security uh, and in that context we have quintuple uh, iteration of the duties of a loyal son Quintuple means five times repetition right. of uh, of that uh, that whole passage with small uh, changes by mistakes of the copyist, mm -hmm. like missing two lines or misplacing them and moving them around a little bit and and, and similar things. But uh, and and those are quite instructive. So that'll be the main focus of that first tablet almost uh, and. Uh, the desire is to have a son in his house, a scion uh, in the midst of his palace, and that son shall set up the stela of his ancestral god in the sanctuary. 
some monument of his kinsmen. Mm -hmm. Into the earth sending forth his dying breath, into the dust protecting his progress. The sun shall shut up the mouth of his slanderers. He shall drive away those who are ill-disposed towards him. Taking his hand when he is drunk, supporting him when he is filled with wine. <laughs> he shall serve up his share in the house of Baal and his portion in the house of El. He shall plaster his roof on a muddy day. He shall wash his clothes on a filthy day. So this, these are the duties of the loyal son. Yeah. Uh, and you see the, here the mixture of uh, the responsibility towards the ancestors or yeah. to those who died. Yeah. And protecting the reputation of the family and reputation of the father. That's uh, mostly that opening part. And then there are the, the, those kind of daily uh, responsibilities of, of uh, taking care of drunk father, yeah. say, you know, or uh, taking care of uh, his roof or of his, uh, of his clothing. Yeah. Uh, so, and that is repeated five times there, uh, which is really, really interesting. And it, it is almost, the, the, the way it is repeated, at least in the surviving text, is that uh, Daniel gets on his side God Baal. And God Baal is then uh, asking on behalf of Daniel, the head of Pantheon, El, so first we hear it that Baal is giving this to El, saying we should do something for Daniel because he needs an heir, uh -huh. a son who would do these things. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, once it is being repeated by El himself, who is acknowledging this being an important thing, when he is making the promise that Daniel will have a son, uh -huh. then it is being uh, passed on by some uh, helping deity, we uh -huh. don't know the name, uh, probably some kind of a messenger like or the one who is delivering that, yeah. Uh, yeah. that promise from Al. Yeah. Uh, and uh, finally, it is being uh, acknowledged or rejoiced by Daniel himself. So here you see the progress from heaven down to earth. Yeah. So these, uh, uh, these responsibilities of loyal son are coming from heaven down to earth. And uh, so that is one of... And it's all that is repeated? Or almost all of it? No, it's always verbatim repeated. Oh my God! Five times. That's, that's yeah. Uh, in in uh, on 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 uh, relatively 
short period of text yeah you know or uh on one tablet but it's a different person kind of saying it uh, it's it's in a way it's it's being said by different characters different entities, as, as yeah. it is being passed <laughs> so first we hear it uh from from baal to l yeah then l himself uh, making yeah. that promise then the deity is yeah. unknown deity to us is taking it from uh the heavens down to earth and finally, it is being acknowledged by uh, it is being acknowledged by Daniel, who is rejoicing in that. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know. So uh, the, I, I think that I have four here now. Uh, yeah. There are five. Yeah. So uh, I, I might be missing. Maybe the, the, there is one more time when uh, when it is being uh, repeated in some torso, yeah. because not all of them survive fully. Yeah. So, you know, you can kind of, but what survived tells you that it was there yeah. word for word, yeah. only occasionally missing like two lines uh, yeah. or misplacing two lines. But that was just by mistake yeah. uh, of a scribe. Yeah. So you, you, you have it here. And that is, uh, that is a very, very interesting feature yeah. telling us, for instance, when, uh, you know, uh, Theologians, when they were reading uh, Hebrew Bible, they n recognized this kind of repetitions of certain themes or something yeah. like that. And they immediately thought, oh, they are coming from two different sources, you know, mm. Yahweh and Elohist or Priester Codex or something like that. Uh, that's not necessary. So. Mm -hmm. And Ugaritic is actually showing us that that is not necessary. Here you have uh, four or five times repetition of the same or similar thing. And uh, it is there to uh, heighten importance or to drill it into your memory yeah. more than uh, attempt to, to say, oh, first it came from... Uh, Baalist and then from Alist and then yeah, yeah. from Danalist or you know that that's nonsense it is an uh, almost like stylistical feature I see of an oral tradition that they have tendency of repeating things yeah. and by that putting them under emphasis yeah yeah so that's it's, it's yeah. interesting so it's not it's not like a narrative uh lack of uh narrative sophistication uh meaning like you know you know how like eventually uh, uh people who told stories understood that that the person hearing the story would know that the thing i just told you before that was said mm -hmm. and i tell you that it said that thing is said between these people you would connect it oh yes and now mm -hmm. i get that but you're saying it has almost like a like when somebody tells a long joke mm -hmm. and in modern times mm -hmm. and it has and it and they re keep repeating the same thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's almost like leading you it's almost like a it's a lulling too i think it's almost like it lulls you into this um it's not just uh highlighting maybe it's also um something about it the repetition is somehow pleasing maybe also yeah yeah and, and and the other thing is that those are narrators you know we have relatively early written version of that mm -hmm. uh while the rest of the society is still uh, oral mm. and i would guess that uh, here the scribe we know the name of the scribe by the way ilimilku oh 
and uh, this uh, scribe is probably writing down uh, this uh, epos from uh, oral tradition and in oral tradition there is this repetition because it helps narrator to to narrate the long uh, long epic yeah. uh, stories yeah uh, the, it, those long epic stories uh, are built out of smaller blocks and some of those blocks, which are considered to be important, are repeated and are repeated verbatim, like word for word. And, and it has this kind of, like you described, the soothing uh, and, and partly, you know, helping memory. And that is also an almost enjoyable yeah. uh, part of that. Yeah. Because, you know, you would say... Not, oh, come on, get on with it, yeah. you, you know, or something like that. No, actually, it can have the opposite uh, function. Like, oh, I heard that. Yeah. That's interesting. And now it is being said by yeah. a different character. <laughs> yeah. What does it mean? You yeah. know, and then when you recognize that there is this progression, that it is coming from above, coming down to earth, yeah. you, you actually recognize that uh, there is a reason for that. Yes. Because every single time the, these uh, these rules for a loyal son are getting closer to us humans. Yeah. yeah. And that makes that repetition also meaningful and poignant. Yes. And so uh, that, that that is the first tablet of, of Akkad. Mm -hmm. uh, and eventually Akkad is born. You know, and there are uh, there are these midwives, uh, goddesses, midwives coming and and helping, and it is interesting and and uh, really that the, they are like goddesses of fertility. Mm -hmm. So they are goddesses of embracing and sex, but as well as uh, giving birth and and bringing new generation to the world, and we know that from other uh, Ugaritic texts as well. But uh, over here, that, that connection between, uh, you know, uh, siring uh, children and having them mm -hmm. born uh, is the closest, I would say, in, uh, in, uh, in this uh, passage uh, uh, when, when Daniel finally gets son Akkad. And next step after a big break uh, is that uh, he, uh, Daniel is preparing a special gift for his son. And that special gift for his son is an uh, unique bow and arrows mm. made specifically by a divine patron of crafts and uh, that is uh, Koshar and Hasis that it's like a dual deity that that was a specific thing uh, in in Ugaritic literature that some deities are like dual they have two mm -hmm. names Mm -hmm. And we, you never know whether it is one god or whether those are like twin gods, you know, mm -hmm. or two gods functioning together. Uh, 
and they, this is the patron of crafts. We know it from other uh, myths from Ungarate and so on, but here he is employed by this judge or king, Daniel, uh, to craft uh, a special miraculous bow for his son, Akat. And that uh, uh, bow is delivered. And uh, then um, Daniel is stringing it in a presence and with some very rudimentary described but liturgy uh, for his son. There is some kind of a ritual associated uh -huh. with that. Like the first stringing of a bow mm -hmm. while you are giving it over, it was mm. probably a thing. Mm -hmm. We don't know. But one would assume that that is uh, so. Yeah. You know, thinking about, uh, say, Mongol culture and other things. Yeah. I never really studied that, but it'll be interesting maybe. Uh, or some of our listeners can uh, make a comment yeah, uh, here yeah. and let us know whether there is uh, something like that uh, in other cultures or among uh, Native Americans uh, yeah. and their stringing of bows. Uh, but here clearly is preserved something of that kind. Uh, you know, again, text is not clear and is fragmentary here, but there is some kind of a ritual. So. Uh, Akat receives as a youngster this bow and special uh, special uh, arrows. And next thing we know that he is going after a really big break uh, of uh, he is in a company of goddess Anat, who fences his bow. Is struck by love of that bow. And, and wants that mm. and uh, is uh, offering, here is that, that passage, in lifting up her eyes, she, goddess Anad, saw the bow. Beautiful was the form of its string, like lightning its arrows. And then there is br broken text and and she coveted the bow, the work of Koshar and Hasis, of which the horns were like a coiled serpent. Her goblet she dropped to the ground, her cup she spilled in the dust. She lifted up her voice and cried, Listen, pray, O hero Akhat. Ask for silver and I shall give it to you, for gold and I shall bestow it on you. Just give your bow to Virgin Anat, your arrows to the beloved of the powerful one. But Akat the hero replied, The mightiest ash trees from Lebanon, the strongest sinews of the wild bulls, the hardest horns from mountain goats, the toughest tendons from the hooks of bull, the sharpest reeds from the great marsh. Give to Koshar and Hasis. Let him construct a bow for Anat, huh. arrow, arrows for the beloved of the powerful one. 
Mm. Basically so, saying, you want you want an arrow like this? Make it. And and you know, <laughs> buy buy or have it made. For, yeah. For uh, I can offer you these sources, or I know about what out of what it was made. Mm. By the way, this way we are learning. How they make the how, how they made those <laughs> uh, how they made those bows. Yeah. For instance, uh, and the, these are perishables. Mm. Uh, right. Because uh, the, those are mostly organic things, the tendons, and they would yeah. they they would not survive. So here we have an interesting insight into how they were making mm. them, uh, and uh, that's not the end. Mm. Of course, Goddess Anat will not take no for the yeah. answer, and so she says. And Virgin Anat replied, "Ask for life, O hero Akat." Ask for life, and I shall give it to you. Immortality, and I shall bestow it on you. I shall make you number your years with Baal. With the son of El, you shall number months. Like Baal, he shall live indeed. Here, there is that flip from between the personal pronouns, but it is still Akat being... Uh, mm meant mm -hmm. by this so like like baal he shall live indeed alive he shall be feasted he shall be feasted and given to drink the minstrel shall intone and sing concerning him and she said to him thus shall i make akad the hero live but Akkad the hero replied, and now comes the most uh, interesting part of that, which again offers us a very interesting insight into ancient uh, Semitic understanding mm. of the life. Akkad the hero replied, Do not deceive me, O virgin, for to a hero your Deceit is rubbish. Man at his end, what shall he receive? What will he receive? A man at his destiny. Hmm. Something will be poured on his head, whitewash on top of his skull or something like that. We don't know what exactly yeah. is there, but it is clearly not good because what follows. And the death of all I shall die. And I shall surely die or by death I will die. Mm. So that pouring of plaster or whatever it was or yeah. pouring whitewash over his head, that was probably like some kind of an burial, burial or post-burial because oh. they had double interment. You know, they oh, very yeah. often will have the body decompose and they will then treat the, the skulls, you know, or something oh, like yeah. that. So that might be behind it. Who knows mm -hmm. really, you know, mm -hmm. but it's clearly not good. Uh, and that that'll be still fine, but then he uh, Akkad makes clearly a mistake which will cost him life, oh. and that is, and another thing I let let me say, bows are for warriors. Mm. 
will women hunt now? Whoa. Outwardly, Annette laughed. But in her heart, she devised a plot. Oh. Here he <laughs> undermined the goddess of hunting. She was a patron oh. of hunt. She was, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, and he is saying, well, will women hunt now? <laughs> you know, to an patron it's like goddess the, it's like of hunt. The hunter. She basically, yeah, yeah, she is the, the hunter. <laughs> she is an equivalent to, to classical Greek goddess Artemis. Mm. You know, goddess of hunt. Mm -hmm. And he is teasing her. He is despising her yeah. here. And, and of course, that cannot end well. And it does not. Yeah. We don't know what exactly she is recruiting some kind of a deity to or helper to help her kill uh, Akhat. Mm. First, she needs to get a permission from God El, the head of Pantheon, which she gets. Oh, why the heck would they give her permission? I thought that they were, they were loving this kid. They were giving this kid all this, they were setting this kid up with all this stuff, you know, and, uh, you know, making him a, a child for this, for Daniel, you know what I mean? I thought they were like, his and a that great... is that is exactly why she needs to get the permission from God L. Right. You know, normally, you know, goddess can go and kill. Uh, but here she he is special. going to L, uh, asking for permission to to really punish uh, Akhat because uh, he misstep. Yeah. Notice uh, she didn't go to Baal because he's a no. dude. She would not go to Baal because Baal was on, on the same level as uh, she was, while ah. El was above them. Ah. And uh, that is a quite common misunderstanding based upon Hebrew Bible, who is putting uh, this on uh, equal footing, or yes. it gives you feel that among the Canaanites, Baal was supreme deity. Yes. No, yes. It was, uh, uh, he was the most active deity. Uh, but there is a difference between most active deity and uh, head of pantheon. Uh, and uh, uh, head of pantheon, they actually, Hebrew Bible shares the head of pantheon, God El or Elohim, it'll be in Hebrew, with, with Canaanite uh, people around them. Uh, you know, so uh, that that's... Uh, now, returning back, she, of course, uh, if she wants to touch Akkad yeah. as special kid as you describe yeah. it as as he was uh, she needs to get permission from L so she goes she gets permission she recruits and uh, like uh, hitman mm -hmm. for herself and uh, she recruits and hitman the text is very fragmentary here so we don't know anything more but clearly Akat is killed uh, it might be that she invited him for a hunt, they went for a hunt, and then they, there was a feast afterwards, and during that feast, uh, that hitman comes and hits him, and he is dead. Uh, Daniel does not know about it, mm. but the way it goes is that as uh, Akkad is dead, uh, the whole countryside is hit by uh, ecological disaster, by drought. 
that led many people to think that uh, Akkad is here like a geni genius uh, of vegetation or something like that. It does not need to be. Hmm. Like, like we have number of uh, like Adonis, for instance, is yeah. viewed as uh, and when Adonis dies, the whole nature dies, you know, or it go into hibernation by drought. But no, it does not seem to be here in this case, uh, mm. uh, simply because he was murdered or killed. And there is this unpunished mm -hmm. uh, death, you know, or unacquainted for death. Of, mm -hmm. of someone uh, uh, exercising that cloud of destruction over you, you know mm -hmm. if, if if the innocent blood was spilled or if the blood was spilled and was not uh, yeah. you know if there is no atonement for and uh, for this kind of violent death yeah then the result is uh, drought or wow. ecological catastrophe mm -hmm. and uh, so Daniel then goes and exercise some kind of a round trip over his realm and searching for his son and and there is another interesting ritual going on there he is asking Baal to send him different birds of prey and wow. he is opening their uh, opening their bellies and looking there for his dead son oh god uh eventually finding and burying the remnants of his son from the innards of one of the birds of wow. prey uh and and then cursing the cities uh closest to uh, where his son was uh killed wow that's going a little too far right there. I mean, come on. But but no, uh, it is actually one reason why you have these atonement crosses or monuments, for instance. Uh, why we, uh. until today, for instance, when there was some violent history, we tend to memorialize that yeah. uh, by setting up monuments, yes. you know, and, and so on. Uh, and... Uh, so that that atonement at least partly will be uh, achieved, see. you know, or sought through right. through that uh, gesture. Uh, by the way, you know, you know, all, all of this is a heavy legendary mythology, uh, three thousand years old. But uh, like a a major sin or guilt leading to an, an environmental crisis. For instance, that that should sound familiar to us. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you know, when 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 you think about it, uh, now I'm translating it into our current idiom, but uh, that 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 is three thousand years old. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, unatoned death of Akkad leads to environmental crisis. Yeah, uh, or murder of yeah. uh, of Akkad. Uh, uh, that's I, I find it fascinating you know when yeah. you start thinking about it in in this kind of uh what kind of deep insights there are you, you know they they might have it a little bit more mechanistic or whatever but that, that's an interesting insight yeah uh, you know what we are doing to ourselves to what we are doing to an uh, environment uh, around us and, and so on yes but uh going back so 
finally Akkad is buried and then uh, uh, his sister comes to uh, Daniel and uh, is offering uh, is offering to Daniel that she will vindicate her brother and so Pugat goes uh, dr uh, something like cross dresses because she wears two sets of dress, mm. one of a warrior and one of a uh, woman or goddess, and goes to an Anat's place. And it ends with, with that kind of uh, uh, hint that she actually killed dead hitman who for a while not recognizing who she was Pulkat, uh, uh boasted to her about killing Akat. Uh. so maybe there is this kind of uh uh this uh, this this hitman yatipan probably one of the ways of reading it would be that he thinks that Pugat is actually goddess Anat. Huh. And so he is giving her report huh. or is uh, so happy with his result while she is actually a vindictive sister who is yeah. going to, uh, to punish those who killed her brother. Yeah. And that is the end of the text. Whoa. We don't know what happens after. Oh, no. Uh, uh, there are many theories what might follow, like that she succeeded and then there was a fight between uh, between uh, Pugat and Anat or, you, you know, maybe Akkad well, how was... How anyone speculate? Come on. Uh, Akkad was resurrected. That's uh, one of the theories, probably quite unlikely. Because clearly, uh, these uh, epoxies from Ugarit, they have that kind of tragic inclination. Mm. There is another one uh, about, uh, there we know that because he is called King Keret or Kirtu. It's another way of pronouncing his name, Keret or Kirtu. But he is called King. So we know his position, like that he is king. With Daniel, we don't know. Uh, but uh, King Keret uh, and his apostles also preserved on three tablets, what we have survived, and similarly, kind of, at least partly open-endedly and tragically. But one can imagine that that, that might be... Uh, a legend telling something an equivalent to a story of the origins of constellation of Orions. Because mm. Akkad is a hunter with a dominant bow, Aye. you know, or uh, or oh bowman, yeah. Yeah. Uh, boes uh, in in the stars. We don't know, but it is simply some kind of uh, that. Uh, background one can assume from from this uh from this uh, epos there there are number of interesting insights uh here you know we we saw that uh almost like uh 
responsibilities of the loyal son, for instance, right yeah. there, or um, that um, uh, that that uh, rather pessimistic, almost uh, skeptical version of afterlife you know or uh, everlasting life and, mm. and so on you know if you if you notice that that is uh, shared relatively broadly among the semitic people here we see that uh, what generally is viewed by uh, by european scholars or European modern scholars uh, that the religion is built about uh, desires for afterlife, you know, or immortality and, and so on, is not necessarily so, or that 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 situation there is more complex, mm -hmm. because yes, you see that substantial number of uh, those uh, duties of a loyal son are about protecting father after he dies but at the same time he has this uh, in the same text you have this skeptical rational way of looking at human life yeah yeah so it is that at least balanced there and you cannot clearly say that all religion is about afterlife. Definitely not among Semites. It might be so in Egypt. It might be elsewhere, but yeah. not among the Semites. For them, it is more complex. And that this equation of finding burials, therefore there was religion, for instance, or something like that, it's not necessarily so. You know, the situation is more complex. Mm. Uh, uh, from anthropological perspective, they might do ritual burials and and exquisite uh, burial goods and and so on. But at the same time, the, their uh, view of afterlife might mm -hmm. be quite uh, realistic, mm -hmm. like we see it here. Mm -hmm. That the, the skepticism is is present. And among the biblical, then, uh, it will be uh, among the biblical groups. You know, the, 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 that would be the position of Sadducee, who simply were, were unconcerned, or was, that was not the part of their religion, you know, mm -hmm. uh, afterlife, After or, yeah. or resurrection, or yeah, anything yeah. of that kind. That was not part uh, of their religion and uh, of their faith. There are many other, you know, small tidbits like rituals present and so on, like we observed with, you know, what are the what are the materials the bows were made of, yeah, for instance, yeah, and yeah. so on. And, and, and that is kind of peppered throughout the text. Mm -hmm. uh, all of it is in poetry and, and clearly predating anything in, in the Hebrew Bible mm. uh, and predating it substantially. Uh, at the same time, you see certain similarities, but also you can observe that those are great distances of time in between what we have in the Hebrew Bible and what we have present here. So these are the roots.
right. from which later right. on we will get the Hebrew Bible. And that is why I, I, I've been really kind of enchanted by yeah. these uh, ancient texts uh, because they show you the, the, the through them we are really touching the very early stages as far as we can go yeah. uh, in in that area uh, there are of course older texts among Sumerians and so on uh, but uh, in the larger scheme of things dating to roughly the same period mm -hmm. uh, the, those were the times when these epices were first written down or these stories were first written down with still features of oral tradition like what are the chances that we will ever find any other missing pieces from this story zero almost zero because they've scoured everything around there mm -hmm. but thank you for bringing this fascinating stuff really appreciate it happy to share until next time <laughs>